It's Tempo Waffle Time! Welcome to Teffel Waffle. With Troyful and Stiefel. Today we're going to waffle. About Teffel? <laughs> we're going to waffle about marking. Okay. In the context of Teffel. All right. Um, my, my meaning of marking here is paper-based evaluation of students' writing. Uh, uh, sorry, are we talking about uh, grading or feedback? No, just feedback. Well, I mean, they're both... They're probably synonymous, aren't they? They've got to get mm, No. All right, then we'll talk about... I, I see that, yes, they are both marking, but there's marking grading and marking feedback. Yeah, let's, let's go for feedback. Feedback, okay. What are we marking? Is this open or closed? Yes. Well, if it's open, we're marking speaking and writing stuff, and if it's closed, we're, we're marking grammar and vocabulary and spelling and, and fill in the blanks and multiple choice. You mean like practice tasks? No, I mean, okay, so you give me an exam and say, mark this exam. And, and there's only one answer. If there's an answer key to it, there's an answer, and that's closed marking. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call that marking. That's just, just... Grading? I don't know what that is, or grading, yeah. Grading. But it's not always for a grade. But it's still marking. Okay, when I think of marking, when I think of marking, I think of sitting down with a student's essay or a, an extended piece of writing ah, and open. wading through that and going, oh my God, how do I even start correcting this? Are we going to have a conversation about rubrics? Yeah, I think rubrics forms part of this because um, that's one of the ways of evaluating or well, giving I the think grade. rubrics <laughs> form all of this. How do you mark if you don't have a rubric? Yeah, okay, so that's a good point. Okay, so should we start with rubrics? No, I want to know. How do you mark if you don't have a rubric? Well, that's the thing. I mean, the thing is that if you've, if you've assigned... Let's just say that you've given the students a task where they have to write a letter. Yeah. They're, so they all write a letter to a mysterious person in England um, telling them about their favourite day in the holidays. Okay. Okay, that's, that's a fairly typical, boring high school... Uh, kind of task. Yeah, it kind of sounds like one of those. The teacher didn't prepare properly, yeah. busy work, and then the teacher didn't think through the fact that he's going to collect it. Yeah, for, okay, so now you've got 400 of these things because you gave it to all of your classes because of 50 you were students. Too, <laughs> because you thought you were being really smart by killing half an hour of class time, but it turns out well, that was we, a huge we mistake. This conversation to the benefits and, and disbenefits of, of doing writing activities in the class? Sure. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that writing, yes, it, it's a big marking load, but it's important for students to write. Uh, yes and no. Ooh, this is not Teffel Waffle. This is Argument Waffle. Yep. Mm. My no is... Oh, wait a minute. Teffel Argument. Yes, okay, no. Teffel... Wondering. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay, the no is uh, writing can be a massive waste of class time. It really can. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, early on, I don't know who gave me this, or maybe I gave it to myself or whatever. The, the mnemonic, if you can do it alone, you can do it at home. Yeah. You're wasting class time. Yeah. And I've always believed in that and, and stuck to it. And... If you have your students doing silently writing for 20 minutes... Um... Okay, so 
I, I agree. I think that uh, classroom time is best left for communication, yeah. especially in a language classroom. I mean, if, you, if you're teaching literature or, or, or English as a first language, yeah. then maybe writing in class, you can supervise and you can help. And, but in, in language, if it's a language learning classroom, the fact that students are together in the same room yes. and you're trying to get them to communicate in a language that's not their own, it's best to, to use, use that, that language. time for yeah. communication. And if you are going to do writing, it must be short. And communicative. And must be communicative. So it must mean that whatever they write, they're writing to another person in the class and they're going to hand that writing to, to that, that person. person. And that person will do something with yeah. it. Or it's write an anonymous description of something, shuffle, shuffle, shake, shake, everybody gets a piece of paper and they've got to guess who... So that yeah. means that there's no marking involved because the, sure. the writing is used in the classroom as a communicative prompt. And... Uh, I would say also you go a step further and make the the procedure itself while they're writing. It doesn't have to be heads down, silent, scritchive, pen on paper for five or ten minutes. Mm, sounds very Victorian. Well, it actually horribly sounds like a typical classroom. <laughs> I wish it was Victorian and that had all gone out the window and didn't happen anymore, but it, it still does. Yeah, because um, if you're going to do scritch scritch in a classroom, you can do it in pairs, you can do group work writing, yeah. you can do let's brainstorm all together on the floor with little sticky pads uh, and then yeah. make your own... So, so it can be very... So the writing can be more collaborative. Ooh, nice word. Mm. Okay. I like it. Uh, more... Yeah, Interactional. Anyway, so is there any place in the ESL classroom for write a letter to your pen pal in Gloucester about your favourite day in the holiday? In an EFL classroom? Yeah. No. At all? No. So does that mean that an ESL... Uh, I'm, I'm being really strict about okay. EFL classroom, though. And not an ESL classroom. Okay, and in an no, EFL no, classroom... In, if I go a step further, and I'm not just your EFL teacher... I actually, I have you not for an hour a day or an hour a week. I actually have you for four hours a day. And I'm supposed to teach uh, social studies and, and things like that. I can absolutely see the benefit in spending some of my social studies time doing something in English that is a social studies-ish topic. But now it's not really an EFL classroom. Well, then that's a CLIL classroom, isn't it? Yes. Um, so for those of you who don't know what CLIL is... It's uh, coming late into languages. <laughs> it's climbing llamas in Lima. No. It's computer language integrated language. No, it's... it's con content and language integrated <laughs> learning. That's right. It's content a stupid acronym. Yes. It but it's one of those things that's quite easy to remember because it's just... A bad acronym? Yeah. CLIL. CLIL. Um, what happened to TBL? Different different concept. Um, no, not TBL. The other TBL. Uh, well, EMI is the English as a medium of instruction. is the old one. It's the old... And there's task-based learning and there's one more. I, I think um, all of these acronyms are created and developed by people in universities who need lots of publications. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so um, this, this question about marking then is superfluous. Uh, if, I'm an, if I am purely your English language teacher, I'm of the firm belief that the purpose of a language is communication 
and therefore I should be teaching you communication. I don't think that uh, EFL, or for that matter, you're in England and you're studying French, I don't think it should be an academic subject. I think it should be more like woodwork or shop class. All right, here's my challenge for you then. If you're learning another language, yeah. um, even as a foreign language, is there value in learning the full range of literacy, reading and writing? Sure. If you're going to learn reading and writing as in a foreign language, are you going to write a letter? Sure, why not? If you're going to write a letter, does your teacher need to give you feedback on how that letter looks? Sure, why not? <laughs> so, so, coming full circle, in an EFL classroom, is it, your, is, it one of, is it in your scope to do a writing task and then give feedback on the writing? Uh, as, we're talking, are we talking about teaching writing or using writing to teach? Because I think they're too... I mean, they kind of overlap. But yeah, okay. I don't think they're the Just same Distinguish them. All right, so I'm teaching the students writing. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming then that there's actually a reason why my students need to be able to write in English. Okay. Now, this might be something incredibly specific, like they are university students and uh, they have a, a, another subject, whatever that subject is, where they actually have to write in English. It, it might be that they have to write... Their exam in English or something like their that. Their exam in English, or they have to uh, write uh, their... their final uh, paper has to be in English and yeah. so I'm actually teaching them academic uh, research paper writing style style yeah and if it's a businessman if it's a Japanese guy who works for a company that needs to send emails to okay Australia. so then I'm teaching ESP okay. I'm, I'm just and teaching if it's a high school student who is going to have to write an exam in English Okay, so I'm teaching how to write an essay. Okay, so the, the thing is that that's not a real... That's not that's, reality in no, time. that's not communication. Well, it's not communication it's either. It's not communication, yeah. You're right. All right, well, the reality of, of Thailand is that people do... I, I went to Chula and I studied uh, English for international communication. I, I have a Bachelor of Arts in, in communication studies. Mm. And the focus was English. And in that case... Sure. Well, then you're teaching test preparation, aren't you? But the thing is that universities use those kind of open-ended examinations with essays because that's how you can collect information about what the students think and feel and their opinions and how well they can communicate. Um, That's exactly what happens. (laughs) That's very pie in the sky. You're seeming to assume there that actually they are doing this exciting, amazing thing. And who would but doubt that they are? What? Who would doubt that they're not just saying, everybody has to write this and thing and then they get stuck in a draw? No, they get graded first. Okay, but, but the grading is the university's job. Our job is to prepare them for that, for that big okay. event. Um, or, or is it? Do, is that what we're doing? I don't know. We're, well, it's back to this, are we teaching writing or are we using writing to teach? Because the, the using writing to teach argument is easy. Uh, so I, I just taught the students uh, whatever uh, adjectival order and uh, one of my communication tasks is going to be to write a description of a bus. It's yeah, sure. a long well, okay. red 
Okay, maybe it's not a description of a bus. I'm going to make it a bit more realistic, <laughs> not a description of a bus. I'm, okay. I'm going to say that you're on... You're... Meeting a friend at the airport and you've got to find out who's that. Oh, is that the kind of thing? Or, yes. You are on ho- you went on holiday to Japan and here's, here's your photos of, of the places that you saw in Japan. Um, describe them to your mum back Us- home. Using multiple adjectives. Yeah. So we went up this... This long steep hill. This long steep hill and saw these beautiful old carvings, okay. etc. And then I'm just using writing to teach, but I'm trying to make it not write a description of a bus. I'm trying to actually make it write something that you would actually exist in the real world. All right. So in in write that, a Facebook post. In uh, okay, and in that case, there's no. There's no marking. There's no nope. grading because nope. the the feedback comes from the task itself. Yes. Okay. All right. So. So teaching English using writing needs no marking. I would say no. It okay. need. But now you're working in a high school and part of your job is to prepare students for an exam. Okay. At like an entrance exam for a university. Okay. Students are going to take this really seriously. Yes. And they want to learn how to write this essay and they want feedback on it. Okay. So now I am teaching writing. My focus is on teaching writing. And more specifically, I'm teaching academic essays. I have a specific style of writing that I'm teaching the students. Yeah. So um, the Japanese businessman was learning to write emails. formal business emails, yeah. and these guys are learning academic writing skills. Yes, I'm giving feedback. Okay, so let's ignore the, the stages of teaching the thing that you're teaching. Brainstorming, drafting... Pre-writing, topic sentences... Feedback, yeah, all yeah. those kind of things. Because that's, that's not marking related. That's all stuff that that's, happens in the classroom. Well, it's the mechanics of lesson planning when you're planning yeah. to teach a okay, writing Okay, now course. they've produced a piece of writing. Yep. And now you, you've got a rubric. Let's say that you've made your rubric for today. You're really interested in paragraph construction... Or subject-verb agreements. Right, okay. Or you, you're marking for these things. Yep. Okay, with your, with your rubric, because you've created your rubric, you're only going to focus on those things? Uh, yeah. You're only going to fo- focus on paragraph construction. What about if they've made a spelling mistake consistently all the way through of words like essay or... Wait, one student or all the students? Yeah, all the students. All the students yeah. have made this? Well, they've made random spelling mistakes and you go, oh, God. Are, are these spelling mistakes... Uh, I'm sure they're random, but is there some sort of like many of the students are making the same type of mistakes? Um, okay, so as an example, yeah. um, when I mark the trainee portfolios yeah. for the course, students quite often get the word illicit <laughs> spelt incorrectly. Yes. Some of them spell it idle, L I C I T. Yep. Some spell it E L L I C I T. Some spell it E double L I C I T. So obviously the word has come through in a very oral Yep. Format. And, and they're they used do, to the word. Yeah, and they've got they've become used to the word, but they can't spell it. Now, do I give feedback on that? Because I'm not marking spelling. And it's but not a word on. that they actually need, uh, really. But hang on, you're, you are marking... You're, okay, fine, you're not actually marking them for spelling. You're not giving them a grade on how good or bad your spelling is. No. Uh, but at the same time, you are marking teachers. And teach language teachers are held to a certain standard. Okay, so now back to our students. We've got these students who are planning on going to this fancy university yep. somewhere, and they've spelt the word successful wrong. Yep. Really? Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, and they've <laughs> messed up all their adverbs. But I'm actually adjectives. only interested. My rubric is is paragraph construction. Yeah. yeah. Um, do I circle it? Do I ignore it? Do I focus attention on it for this particular student? For this one student. Yeah. So everyone but, else. But why everyone is else this is different. Why is this important if it's one student or all? Oh, because if it's all of them, I know what I'm teaching at the beginning of tomorrow's lesson. Okay, you're gonna I, do I, I'm going to teach it. Because if everybody's doing it incorrectly, they obviously don't know, and I've got to teach it. So that's feedback for you as a teacher about yeah. what you need to teach. Okay, yeah. so three students have done it. Three okay. out of your 25. Yeah. You, you're going to circle it or what? Three out of my 25. Yeah. How long is this lesson? Because if it's a three-hour lesson, I think I've got time to call these guys aside for three minutes and no, go, guys, look. 50-minute lesson. Oh, I don't have time. You, but I, you're not going to you're not going to correct it on the page. <sighs> Do I have time to teach it? Well, it's not the focus of your rubric. Do it's I have time to teach it? If, if you said to me, Troy, you did that wrong. No. My and then my answer is, what's wrong about it? I'm not going to tell you. No. <laughs> but the, the, no, but the point of feedback, written feedback, is this is particular feedback for you based on your particular set of needs. Okay. So, okay, so I've got, I've got a piece of writing from you. You've got a, a different set of needs to Bob down the road and Jack over there and, and Pete. And if I have time to point out the why or what or something, I, I've got no problem with it. I've got no problem with writing on the side, uh, spelling and underlining the word. And that they know, because it's quite easy to look up the word successful. Hmm. You know, is it spelled with two C's or one C? I'm not quite sure I know. Is it How many S's are in there? Yeah. Okay. Is that a double L at the end? Um, All right, what about run-on sentences? This one student has a problem with run-on sentences. This one student? Yeah. Well, these three. Bob, Joe, and Ed. Okay, again, do I have time to teach them what's wrong? Well, not really, because tomorrow you've got to go, you've got to deal with topic sentences. And in the topic sentences, one I can deal with run-on sentences, right? Okay. Good, I'll do it tomorrow. All right, so you're going to just integrate the feedback, even though it's only three out of 25. Uh, if it's something that, yeah, the 3 out of 25 one, oh, you've got me there. Mm. Because my answer is, do I have time to deal with the 3? That's always going to be my answer. Okay. I teach the class first. And but but your point is then that, that the feedback that you're getting from the writing informs your teaching. It's not actually a marking issue. It's a, it's a... I'm finding things out. So I... I for example, the most, one of the most common things to happen if you are giving feedback on writing is there's always uh, issues with quantifying objects because some objects are uncountable, some are sometimes uncountable and sometimes countable, uh, some need a definite article, some need an indefinite article, etc., etc., etc. Are you going to mark this? Well, I, I know that this is going to be a consistent problem. And I know that even after I've taught it, it's going to come up again. Yeah. But once I've taught it, I can then go to the student, no, it's one of those ones. It's one of the uncountable ones. Or it's the one where there's a difference between the definite and indefinite. All right, in that case, whatever. you're going to separate errors and mistakes. And you errors or slips, maybe. If it's a slip, something uh, no, you've I'm going to try and separate the known and the unknown. And you're only going to mark the known? I'm going to mark the known and let the unknown inform what I need to teach. And in the beginning of this writing course for these high school students, by the third lesson, I'm going to have to point out this issue with objects. And once I've taught it, from now onwards, okay, fine, it's in today's rubric, I'm doing topic sentences, but 
I can call back to the, remember we did that thing about objects, that objects need a quantity and you sometimes they're uncountable and yada, yada, yada. So once I've taught it once, I can then highlight it for them each time. Okay. Let's, let's move on to another thing about marking. <coughs> um, it, one of the problems that we have is messiness of teachers' marking. What do you mean messiness? Inconsistency? So, no, messy as in scribbly. <laughs> okay. Um, and is that something that you think is a problem? Me? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, do... I've heard this comment directed towards me. Come on, you're supposed to be a teacher. You should have really neat handwriting. I've had another... Uh, in this case, it was a Thai teacher saying it to me. And I was scribbling... I was. I was writing quickly and it was a scribble. And I can't say that they're wrong. Uh, but. but my but is I don't actually strictly enforce neatness in my students. Yeah, but that might be because you're teaching older students. If I, it I were younger... Teen. Uh, oh, how young are we talking here? Well, obviously, okay, with very young learners... We're the, talking four-year-olds. If, well, even six or seven, yeah. neatness is important. And then the teacher needs to be neater than the, than than the, the students. students. Yes. Okay. High school? Uh, high school. At, uh, okay, we're going to have to take Thailand as our example. Yeah. You know, uh, if you take a Thai high school student, they already know the alphabet. They mm. learned it in primary school. Mm. And over and over and over again, they already know how to read and write, I mean, not complex grammar or vocabulary, but they know literacy. Mm. Uh, no, I'm not worried about it. So this is a problem for me because my writing is atrocious. <laughs> I, I really, I, I can't do it. And Thai students' writing is beautiful, particularly yeah. girls. Yeah. So if I were to write I, more I, neatly... Sorry, but in general, I, I think one of the strangest compliments that I've found myself accidentally giving and getting a strange look I say to a new male 20 something year old teacher wow you've got women's handwriting and in my head that was a huge compliment and they just turned around and looked at me and go and went huh oh yeah and yeah yeah but the, my problem with writing is I, I'm fast my, I, I want to get this down on paper before I forget it yeah um, and so I, I land up writing I write small and I write joined up and so it's because yeah. it's tiny so cursive. my W looks like my M and my N looks like my U and I, I, the E and the I gets mixed up and it's really difficult to read I can't read it sometimes <laughs> okay yeah um, okay so neatness and um, the other thing which comes up with marking is if you are doing that kind of teaching writing well, you, your argument is don't mark everything only mark the things that they know yeah. or that you've talked before yeah. use the marking as a way of informing your teaching absolutely mm-hmm um, uh, teach them something uh, if when there are common issues uh, that can't be fixed as in, in a one off teach that thing and then you can call you can keep recalling that thing and reinforcing that thing right, using forever. the thing to teach the thing and um, use a rubric and base your marking on your rubric absolutely uh, if you don't have a rubric that it comes into the whole well, what was I marked for and if a, if a kid comes to you and says why did I get 17 and he got 30? And if you're sitting there going, well, you know, his... And if it's opinion-based... Well, and also because it depends with that kind of thing, it depends if you mark the person first or last or in the middle while you were tired. And 
Oh, no, I, I go a step further. I use, the way that I use my rubric is, okay, so I have, let's say one of the things in the rubric is subject-verb agreement. I'm going to mark every student just for subject-verb and then I'm going to go back and start all over again and mark for the next thing in my so rubric. How many, how many items do you use in your rubric? Wow, that's so dependent on level and, and, to be honest, how much time do I have? Yeah. If, so if I've got a dozen students... I, I try for two. I, I do two things. So the thing that I talked in the lesson today yep. and the, 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 cons- the bigger mission, or, uh, yep. uh, some organisational feature or some content or expression or something that's a little bit more subjective but is important for writing. Okay. Now, I mean, I actually do teach an academic writing course. Mm-hmm. I teach it once a year, and it's an incredibly boring thing to teach. And so that's why you only do it once a year? Uh, no, it's just... <laughs> teaching these academic writing courses, they are not the most common thing in the world, especially yeah. for foreign teachers. But in that one there, yeah. after about... Uh, let me think. It's... Uh, I do 15 four-hour writing classes. Once a week for 15 And you don't get weeks. them to write in the four hours? In, no, in that four hours. By, uh, from week uh, 11 to 15, they're, they're, they're writing alone. Um, weeks 1 to 5, they're doing pieces of writing, uh, and every couple of lessons we do a whole class together writing. There are normally 10 students in the class. We, we write as a class, and from week like five to ten, they're writing in pairs. So and maybe we need to do a different podcast on process-based writing techniques, because this is a good, this is good. Yo, that's a whole... That's a whole big thing. Yeah. Right, well, that's enough for today, because I think that... That was an mark. incredibly circuitous waffle. Well, well, the thing is that marking is a... My, my thing with marking is that probably doesn't make it all that much difference to the students because I remember when I was a student I never used to look at my student my teacher's feedback anyway but as an administrator I know that the, the the easiest way for a school to judge a teacher is based on what they give the students ah uh, yeah because they, they can look at they can look at some physical thing yeah. rather than so marking is a really weird thing because it's important to the administration to the administration and to the parents but not to the students. Or the teacher, in a or, lot of cases. Or not to the teacher as well. Yeah. Um, so it's important and unimportant, both at the same time. Yeah. Um, your, your, your idea of using, feed, using feedback to the students as a way of, of informing your teachers, uh, your teaching, teaching is a, a clever way of using fee, writing usefully in the classroom. Yeah, but, but I still not think helping the admin. It doesn't help. No. Well, no. I th- the, the admin parents. will still judge it. They'll look at it and go, oh, look, nice, nice, neat marking. This teacher's so hardworking and effortful. Um, I don't think it's going to help the students that much. Uh, I mean, I think I was a pretty diligent child, but I used to just look at my teacher's marking from a hand's length away, like an arm's length away, and go, oh, my God, this, uh, is, this is This is one of the things why I love the four-hour writing class. Even though it's, a, it's a tedious, I can uh, not correct, but highlight errors for the students and say look at them go go uh sit down with a partner compare oh. see which ones you can fix bring it back to me and i'll i'll tell you where you're right and where you're wrong so maybe your another, another podcast on forcing students to look at your written feedback how's that yeah that's a pretty short podcast <laughs> so, so don't correct it give it to them let them correct it and bring it back to you 
is this practical? Not if your lesson is anything like a 15-minute thing. And no. not if you've got 60 students in your class. Nope, not going to happen. Right, a word from our sponsors. Yes, who's our sponsor today? Today, our sponsor is um, Bionsen. Uh, that's a Japanese spa? No, it's not. Actually, have you ever been in class and found that your students are pulling away from you because you don't smell that good? Yes, uh-huh. but well, not in the last two days because it's a public holiday. Yes, well, Bionsen is your solution. This is Japanese, yes, you're quite right, and it's a roll-on deodorant which you can use before you go to class and you'll smell like deodorant. Yes, uh, so just an, a note on deodorant. You can never have enough and you're always <laughs> going to smell anyway and unless you are that teacher who sits in the corner. So... To find out about all our other sponsors, please visit uh, All all our sponsors are now on snota.web.site. That's snota, S-N-O-T-A dot web dot site. One last thing. Thank you to Bionsen for sponsoring us, and they're aluminium-free. Ooh. Thanks for listening, guys. Ciao. Tough Waffle is proudly brought to you by the Nonstop Wafflers, Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tuffwaffle at gmail.com or visit tufflewaffle.com.